Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. And this is part uh, three? Yes. Part three, maybe. No, part no. four. Yes, yeah, part, part four, four <laughs> of your five-year success plan. Um, and we really love all the great feedback we've gotten on this topic over the last couple of days. You guys really like it. Uh, before we get to our next point, and this technically is the start of what we're calling year three in your five-year plan, uh, Julian had, I think, seven or eight really high-level coaching calls today. Mm-hmm. And the recurring theme, you and I were just talking about this, was really the stark lack of inventory in most markets. Yes. And I want to remind everyone, not only in Premier Coaching also, but um, in, frankly, a billion podcasts, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got over 2,000 podcasts, and I think there's 1,800 shows on YouTube now. We have talked about that topic, how to create your own inventory, I think three or four different times. We update that topic about every probably four to six months, because, you know, frankly, if we find a better way for you guys to find off-markets, and an off-market could be a... No default, an off-market could be um, a builder inventory home, an off-market could be something you get from, say, someone who's uh, uh, becoming a member of a retirement community, something like that, right? So we give you a lot of creative ways to find off-markets, and uh, we update that constantly. Go back and listen to those past podcasts. Go back. If you're, you know, obviously selling real estate and you're not finding homes for sale, definitely listen to the past training we've done on that subject. But I also want to remind all of you, one of the number one places, if not the top place, you're ever going to find homes for sale are from buyers. Buyers calling about listings. Buyers calling about your existing inventory. Or buyers calling about, um, for example, if you have a local builder that is uh, having a lot of buyers walk in, a lot of those buyers, depending on the price point, are going to have homes to sell. So you're going to have to start thinking beyond the MLS. The days of the MLS being the source for finding homes for sale are over. And now it's going to be up about the agent who's got hustle. Yeah, 100%. So for example, if you are working with a buyer who maybe is completely approved, they even have loan commitment, and maybe they can even make up a little bit of an appraisal difference, you know, they're in good shape and they're a strong borrower, but you are on your second, third, fourth time of being outbid by cash or other reasons, you cannot magically turn that buyer into cash, right? So it is your job to find them something that they don't have to compete for. One of the things that we talked about on that podcast series was looking at your own past client and center of influence database as your private MLS. Do you have somebody on that list that is living in what your buyer who keeps on getting outbid wants? Maybe that's worth a phone call. Does that person know what their house is worth? Could you turn them into a buyer and lather, rinse, repeat? You're going to have to be more creative, more aggressive, make more contacts, follow through faster than probably any time that you have in your past career. And it's, I, you know, my coaching right now is expect this year to continue to be like that because we don't have a lot of indication that inventory is just going to shake loose. No, I agree completely. Well, I'll even go as far as to say you don't have time to screw in with little pet projects. Right now, this time of year, set aside all the branding and the marketing and all the things that are sort of, you know, intellectually, if not creatively interesting yes. and focus on making money. Focus on taking care of yourself and your family financially. That, it, Julie and I are from Ohio and there's an old saying, I learned this from my dad who was from Indiana, right? Julie knows what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. When the sun is shining, 
make hay or you know that's in the essence make of hay it while sunshine exactly so just remember that the sun is shining and you're going to have to go out and make hay it's going to require work it's going to require you having a very frankly more aggressive approach to finding homes that are for sale yes. create your own inventory so that's past podcasts and we talk about that topic every single day on our premier coaching program and yes premier coaching you can join right now 100 for free there's links in the you know just show description there's links in all the uh, show notes on youtube on spotify and itunes everywhere you can possibly imagine and one of the great benefits of joining Premier Coaching is you do get a semi-private coaching call every single weekday, every single workday. So definitely join Premier Coaching. The easiest way to do it is just go to premiercoaching.com or just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to premiercoaching.com. Or like I said, all of you are listening to us on iTunes, one of the other podcast widgets are listening to us over on YouTube. The links are down in the show notes. And yeah, that's the quickest way for you guys to move forward. But please, please, please really drill down on what I just said. This is not the time of year to be speculative. This is not the time of year to be uh, creative even. This is the time of year to really drill down and do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. And if you want to do some of those pet projects, some of those more speculative branding, marketing activity type things, and they are fun. I don't doubt that. Nope. But do those in about, what, what is this, May? <laughs> basically almost May 1st. Yeah. Do those in about eight months, basically. Do those when it's naturally and normally slower in most of the real estate market, just which, which is around the holidays. When Julie and I sold real estate, that's how we always did things. We coach all of our agents to do the same thing. You know, if you don't have staff, if you don't have team, a team, if frankly you don't want to spend the money, which is the smart move in this market, uh, to uh, scale up some of these creative projects that you guys are so addicted to, some of the things that you're hoping and praying might someday work to create a lead for you, then yeah, put them off. But do drill down and focus on being of service to your clients and making a lot of money. Because there are agents right now, and you know, Julie and I are involved with EXP Realty, so we do get great optics on what's actually happening amongst the, you know, pushing 100,000 agents at EXP. And there definitely is a clear bifurcation. The agents that are doing the real work are the ones that are making a lot of money. We have a lot of agents in our premier coaching program that are making more money than they did even in 2021. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the effort you're willing to put forth. The MLS is not the go-to anymore for listings for sale. So Julie, let's pick up where we left off the other day on mm -hmm. year three. Year three. Point number one, continue to build on your first two years. If you missed those podcasts, get caught up because we're talking about year three of your five-year plan Continue to build on your first two years. Amazingly, you are now a veteran agent. Can you believe that? Why is that? It's because a lot of agents fail in those first 18 months, but now you've made it to your third year. You have more experience, confidence, and skill. This is the year of consistency and predictability. Do a new real estate treasure map. We've been talking about the real estate treasure map all week. That is your business and personal plan. I'll give you this big one though. Don't stop doing what it took you to, uh, if you've made it into real estate and you're now on year three, you've actually gotten past some of the hardest part of real estate, which is essentially choosing a path that's going to keep you in business because most agents after year two have effectively failed. They might still have yeah. active real estate licenses, but they're failed. They're zombies. They're not actually selling anything. If you've been following our coaching and now you're pushing into year three, you will have already accepted the fact that a lot of your success is going to be predicated on proactive lead generation. In year three, it's kind of like the stages of mastery or the stages of learning. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of agents will start basically thinking, well, it's time for me to build a team or time for me to work on my marketing and branding. And that means you stop doing what it took for you to be uh, more, you know, essentially successful and profitable in the first place, which leads Julie perfectly to point number <laughs> two. Point number two, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level now is paying off more predictably. 
Do not allow boredom or repetition to wreck your momentum. That's about when it settles in, right? About year three when they've been successful. This is actually what you've been working towards, cruising altitude. Remember the jet taking off analogy, and I'll bounce that to you in a second. Your success is increasing but will be less obvious because your net worth is increasing in the background in a non-flashy kind of way. We'll talk about that with future points, but let's talk about getting to that cruising altitude. Well, I mean, it was actually a great point from that we uh, from that book that I don't know if you got into that chapter in the book, Julie. It's called Getting Rich by, what was his name? Felix is part of his name, but I don't remember. Yeah, get, uh, is it Getting Rich or Get Rich? How to Get Rich. How right? to Get Rich, right. Uh, we suggested this book the other day. How to Get Rich, go to Amazon and just put in the name Felix and you'll get the rest of it. And he actually said, stay small, think big. And I thought that mm, was a great point. I like point. that too. Yep. So in other words, live small, don't spend all of your money, don't act like you're tall hat, no cattle, which basically means you're walking around like you have big Stetson on, but you only have three cattle, right? You know, <laughs> Don't start acting like something you're not. And I know in this day and age with social media and whatnot, a lot of you have been led to believe that the way you become successful is acting like you're successful on social and somehow that'll make it so you're successful in real life. Well, there's a nice elegant lie. Wouldn't you all agree at this point? You know mm -hmm. that's true. So let me talk about the jet taking off analogy. And I'll do this in a condensed version. So there's really four stages to a jet taking off. There's the loading of the plane. There's the throttling down to clear the runway. There's the getting up to cruising altitude. Uh, and then there's the deciding whether or not you're going to go up to a higher altitude or stay at cruising altitude for however long you choose to. So what happens a lot of times is agents are going to get to the point where they're loading the plane. Loading the plane is where you got your license. Loading the plane is when you're hopefully choosing the right path in which to build your business. Loading the plane is all of the getting ready to get started being done with because the next stage is where you're going to clear the runway. Now clear the runway is when you're having to throttle down. That's when you're making yourself uncomfortable. That's where the plane is shaking, rattling, and rolling. That's where you use possibly more energy, more effort. Uh, more fuel, you know, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually than maybe you've ever used in your in your life in a very condensed period of time. Remember, the plane is taking off. You've all sat there before. The plane starts to shake. No one's allowed to get up and walk around. If you're sitting next to Julie, she's got the death grip on your arm. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> you know, so all this, that's that's the plane taking off. And then when is the, and that's when the plane's using the most fuel, the jets are making uh -huh. the most noise. And then when it starts to, you know, smooth out, you know, even if you're a seasoned veteran flyer, it always is a good sound when the jets are starting to basically not use so much fuel. And now you're at cruising altitude. Now the plane starts to level off. Now you're going to be able to get up and walk around and relax a little bit. And strangely have a meal. It's strangely if you choose to, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then what happens is you're at cruising altitude. You have to fight like hell in life to get to cruising altitude. But the problem with cruising altitude, and this is what happens a lot of times, is humans will stop doing what it took to get them there in the first place. In other mm -hmm. words, you won't maintain the same level of effort that you did before and you'll start to slack or you'll start to be distracted. So, you know, the pilots will, yeah, you know what, the plane's fine. Let's just put it on cruising out or cruise control, basically. And we'll go walk around. We'll go, you know, talk to the whatever. We'll go have some coffee. And well, guess what? The plane then starts to veer off direction by one tiny little degree, then another, then another. And then your miles, if not states off in terms of where you were supposed to have landed the plane. Or even worse, what happens is the plane itself starts to lose altitude and no one's really paying attention because you stopped paying, you, st you took yourself out of the cockpit, you stopped essentially maintaining the same amount of effort. Now, here's the beautiful thing about when you have fought to the point where you're cruising altitude, you can stay at cruising altitude, and I'm not saying be complacent, but doing what you, you know, essentially had to do to get there in the first place for long, long decades, guys, your whole uh, careers, really. 
And, you know, the thing you got to fight then is getting bored, right? Or a previous and, point. And, yeah. and novelty, right? Uh, but here's the beautiful thing about real estate. If you choose to go to the next uh, level, let's say, for example, you know, next altitude, let's say you want to buy another house, you want to buy a new car, you want to, you know, pay for a kid's college education or pay for a wedding or whatever it is. All you've got to do is start throttling down a little bit more uh, and then basically take the plane to the next level. And that is, you know what, one or two extra listings at all times and things like that. And you produce more cash flow. You guys get it? When you're at cruising altitude, your life is a billion times better. You may have been at cruising altitude in other ways in your life. Uh, and I bet you complacency, a complacency snuck in. You stopped doing what it took for you to get there in the first place. And you lost that altitude. And you indeed, indeed what happened was, and what happens to a lot of people, as soon as they start to you know, crest cruising altitude. They stop doing what took them, what it took for them to get there in the first place. And guess what happens? That plane comes, you know, having to rush back down to land and then you have to start all over again. But what most people will do is they're back there after having loaded the plane, they're pulling out to the runway. They're then, you know, throttling down to finally get the plane off the ground. And then as soon as the plane starts rocking and rolling, then they stole, they pull back in the throttle. They said, nope, this is too hard. Yep. This is too scary. And then the plane then has to re-taxi, go back over and start again and again and again. I would bet, if you're being honest with you, you have done that a billion times in your life. It is very common for us to see this with you guys, our listeners, real estate professionals in general. Because it, you know, throttling down, think about when the jet takes off, that is when all the fuel is being, most of the fuel is being expended. That's why it's loud. That's why, you know, it rumbles a bit. And some of you will do that for about 10 minutes and then freak out and put the plane back down. Well, we were at the gym today and mm -hmm. we were talking to two of our friends, Bobby and Joe. Yes. Okay. And both of them have lost an enormous amount of weight. Yeah. Did you hear Bobby say he lost 50 freaking pounds? Was it really? 50? Yeah. He's yeah. like 5'7". The guy lost 50 pounds. It's a fraction of himself. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And, and Joe lost something like 40 pounds. Yeah. And both of them were saying, frankly, things that I very respectfully and politely pointed out to them would not be smart things for them to actually consider doing. For example, they're saying, I'm just going to try to maintain my current weight. Or I think I've lost enough weight at this point. Or in other words... Uh, you know, they were talking about the fact that they were then going to stop doing what it took for them to get there in the first place to the point where they lost the weight. And you guys know what they're going to do. They're going to gain all that weight back. And that is what happens to most people. They lose weight. They say, I did it. And then they go right back to their eating habits mm -hmm. and they just and stop exercising, stop doing what they don't want to do and they don't want to do at the highest level. And then they gain all that weight back. That's the cycle that most of us experience in life, but that's not the way it has to be. You can experience ever increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, provided you just accept the fact that you have to continuously, you know, keep the throttle down. And again, I love what Felix said, right? Live small, think big. All these things work together hand in hand. Yeah. But here's the thing that I hopefully you guys will agree you're all feeling because I feel it as I say this to you. You know what we're passing along to you now is, in, is correct. Intuitively, you feel you know without – there's no snake oil in what we're saying, right? We're not trying to woo-woo you, woo you guys. We're not trying to – you know, essentially wall you into some sort of spiritual neverland with some sort of woo-woo speak about some sort of, you know, higher power or just all this, you know, new age Mickey Mouse. We're telling you what makes sense. And that's the reason it resonates with you. So don't resist that. Just accept that. And then you're going to find that, frankly, becoming successful over long periods of time, ever increasing levels of success actually becomes easier because you've removed the obstacles. 
That's right. Thank you for that plane analogy. That's, it gets better every time you do it. I'm trying. I do try every <laughs> I do want to add one thing. Um, following navigation. Oh, yeah. That, you know, that's your business plan, right? Yeah. So you stop following that and you get off by a degree or two and you'd be like, remember that uh, flight that we took one time to Puerto Rico and we landed in a wrong city because they apparently it stopped wasn't, using it? It was Florida and it was, <laughs> it was, uh, we were, I, the only time we flew what was Spirit. Sp- soulless air, Spirit Air. <laughs> and they landed in the wrong city in Florida. That, I mean, that happened. I know. How does that happen? Apparently, they're not listening to the podcast. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, so point number three. This year, year number three, 24 transactions is your goal with a $288,000 gross commission income based on our previous math. If 24 seems easily achievable, modify up to 36. That'll make you 432,000 GCI. Yes, this is possible. Three listings sold per month, referring your buyers to buyer partners and keeping only the best buyers for yourself. And again, a lot of that came from a previous building on year one and year two. I, I really like that last bit you wrote. So definitely keep two or three of the best buyers, ideally people that have homes to sell that you have the houses listed, yeah. and refer all those other buyer leads out to agents who only want to work with buyers and charge them a 25 or a 35% referral fee. Now, what's the advantage to that? Obviously, frankly, you're going to keep the best ones for yourself. But it's also going to remove your excuse not to actually Mm -hmm. constantly be proactively lead generating for new listings. Because otherwise what you're going to do is, you know what, I don't need to do what I don't want to do and I don't want to do at the highest level and go after listings. I got 5, 6, 10, 15, 37,000 amazing Mm -hmm. buyer leads. No, you don't because there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. Buyers can always change their mind and they do all the damn time. And if you're a new agent and you're listening for the first time, please never forget what I just said. It's so important. I'm going to say it twice. There's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. A buyer can always change their mind and they frequently do. Interest rates go up, interest rates go down. House prices are going up, house prices are going down. The news cycle, their emotions, the weather. They don't feel like competing anymore. Exactly. All these things. Buyers can always stay where where they are. They can stay renting. They can stay living in mom's basement. They can stay in their current house condo or whatever. And they do that frequently anytime. So buying a home for the most part is an emotional experience. And the emotional, the motivation of doing a transaction, if all of a sudden those emotions start turning from excitement to fear, they're going to take themselves out of the market. Now let's look at the other side, sellers. There are dozens of examples of sellers that absolutely positively have to sell. Have to sell, the choice to sell is no longer theirs. In other words, they have to sell the property. The judge says, you have to sell this property. The uh, Say it's a probate listing. That listing has to be sold. It's someone with financial problems. That listing has to be sold. Relocation. That ha- listing has to be sold. Probate has to be sold again and again and again. So many examples. So if you have a choice to spend your time working with people that might end up at the end of the day changing their minds or listings that have to be sold, always choose to go after the sellers that have to sell. And here's the thing that also is especially amazing. Right now, in a lot of markets, people are saying there's not enough inventory. There's not enough inventory in the MLS. There are gazillions right. of other homes that are available for sale. You just have to learn how to go how to go after them. That is really the bottom line. It absolutely is. I I really I beg you all to stop your addiction with the MLS. It is not working out for you. You have to try harder this year. Refer to previous podcasts. We'll it, have to dust that off. In it will, but months. the reality of it is is. The MLS is a great source of listings as a great you know place to put homes, but it is not like it was in the past because of the fact that a lot of these portals ruined um, listing agents, you know, business models and such that they're, 
you know, selling buyer leads of a listing. When you took a listing, one of the benefits of taking the listing was then you were going to be able to, those buyer leads that came off the sign and came off your marketing and advertising would go to you. You could pre-qualify them. You could actually, that was, you learned to be a listing agent so you could expand your business, right? Makes sense. What Zillow did, what Realtor.com did, what Trulio, Trulio did, Trulio did, Trulia did, is they then basically, you know, essentially, I'll not use a, the word I'm using, but let's just say you hit their website and here was a listing for sale and there was the agent representing the listing, which was a buyer's agent that was paying to have their picture by that listing, which you cannot tell me that was not by design trying to fool the public into believing that that, list, that agent was the listing agent. Of course it was. Now here's what happened is, and this is the reason why your buyer leads mostly suck is because the best buyers know that that's not the listing agent. The best buyers are not going to call or not going to trust the portals to connect them with the listing agent. The best buyers are, except new uh, first-time buyers, the best buyers are, they know how to go to, to Google and other sources, go directly to the broker's website and find the actual listing agent. And that's who they're going to call, thus making being a listing agent 10x more powerful than it's ever been in the past. Absolutely. Listings are mental labor. Buyers are absolutely physical labor. Okay. So point number four, make sure your own net worth is growing. Continue to invest in non-risky assets like an additional rental property in your stock portfolio. And of course, by now, you should be very clear that you should be with EXP Realty. That's well, part of it as well. Yes, but also dividend-paying stock. Yep. I'll put it on there. Well, I'll tell you right now, and you and I have been talking about this a lot, is uh, treasuries, T-bills. You guys can right now invest in a T-bill and get a 5%. Like you invest the money for 90 days and you put a you know $100,000 in or $1,000 in or $100 in, hundreds the minimum. You're going to, you will get a guaranteed 5% return in 90 days. That's kind of insane. Yeah. So let's say you took a thousand dollars and you invested in, and you can go to treasury direct. I think it's treasury direct.gov treasury direct.gov. And you buy, you put a thousand know, dollars into treasuries. You buy 90 day treasuries are right now a little over 5%. And every 90 days, what do you do with the money? You just buy the next 90 day treasury over the next 90 day treasury. Think how much money on just a thousand dollars if they're paying you essentially, you know, it's only five percent every ninety days. That actually accumulates to double digit returns on your investment. That's pretty awesome, guys. You should be considering all these different things. But rental properties and other things, and Julie said obviously EXP Realty. There is no doubt, and it should be no doubt in all of your minds at this point, that EXP Realty is one of the greatest wealth accelerators. It's not just a brokerage, guys. Yes, it's a great brokerage. Yes, virtually all of you will be making more money at EXP because you have a more preferential, you know, agent-centric commission split. But EXP, Glenn Sanford and his, you know, the genius model he created makes it so you make money not just from your real estate transactions, but you also become a partner in the company. You get equity in the company. EXPI is publicly traded. EXPI, Julie and I were just up at, um, you know, where were we? It's ringing the, the NASDAQ? bell. NASDAQ <laughs> ringing the bell, right. I still can't believe we did that the in January. The cold weather stunned your memory. <laughs> it did. Anyway, so we were just up in New York doing that uh, with Glenn as a guest of his. Uh, yes, and revenue share. So there's so many different pathways to creating passive income in addition to your, you know, your immediate income with EXP. So there's two pathways you can go right now to learn more about EXP and why you're going to want to partner with Julie and I at EXP Realty. The, if you're just getting started and want more information, text the letters EXP 
to 47372. Text the letters EXP to 47372. Or if you're ready to land the plane, which I know hundreds of you are, and you're looking for an EXP Realty sponsor that's going to be very proactive in your success at EXP Realty, you can text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. I want to be very clear. Julie and I can uh, sponsor you in any of the 50 states, in any of the 24 different countries that EXP is active in. I got that question twice today. So yes, we can sponsor you any place basically on planet Earth where EXP is active, which is you know every state in the nation, Canada, you know, and 24 other countries. So please do consider partnering with Julie and I at EXP Realty. 512-758-0206 is my direct cell phone. That is a direct cell phone. Do not call, do text. And then just give me a little bit of background on you and let's pick, pick the conversation up. But if you're just getting ready to get started and you're just curious about EXP, just text EXP to 47372. But if you're ready to choose a broker, you know you want to choose EXP, we are here for you. Uh, text me directly at 512-758-0206. All right, point number five, step away from the easy button. It doesn't work. You know you're looking for it, especially in year three. You want it to be easier, but it doesn't work. Don't fall prey to the three Bs, building your brand, buying buyer leads, or building a team. These things are unnecessary. They are optional and will potentially erode your profitability. You do have proactive skills. You've made it to year three, so don't make those mistakes. Now, there is a place if you want to work on your brand, if you want to work on your uh, building a team. There are things that we teach you how sure. to do that in Premier Coaching. But what we're doing is we're trying to hone you guys in on the fact that in this economy, in this market, do not be speculative. You have to, more than ever, remember the product is your profit. And you have to lead with the idea that you're going to make profit or you won't. And the problem is, is when you start doing the stuff that's more speculative, the branding, the marketing, the, you know, all the rest of it, what you're going to do is you're going to take your eye off the ball of you know selling real estate, listing homes in particular, and then you're going to spend what would have been your profit on speculative things. Don't do it. But if you are going to do it, choose the nor normal natural times of the year where it's slower. Oh, I did get this question on Instagram. What's that? Someone said, ask me how, when do we uh, coach our top agents to take you know time off so they don't burn themselves out, <laughs> which is a great question. And I'll give you the yeah. answer is there are plenty of times during the year where it's, again, naturally, normally slower. You know, spring break and, you know, you can uh, there's all kinds of holidays where it's not like completely slow, but it's a lot slower. End of the sure. year, there's all, you know, whole spring months. Spring break, basically. Easter week, when kids get out of school, when kids go back to school, Fourth of July week, you know, all of those natural weeks where people don't expect as much of you. You do need to pre-schedule that. That's a great question because it comes H Halloween up Halloween week. Lot. Halloween week, yeah. Which exactly. is funny. Stock up on your candy. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas particularly. But, you know, I, I'm coaching a lot of high-end, my elite coaching clients. This comes up a lot with them because they're working hard. They're doing a lot of volume. They're doing a lot of listings. You know, they're working hard. And so, you know, how do they refill the cup? So for them, part of their coaching homework is to pre-schedule the refilling of the cup. In addition to what you said, we also do three-day weekends and staycations and things like that. But don't uh, take time off when it's peak working season. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. Don't do it. All right, next point. <laughs> Make hay while the sun shines, right? Okay, so point number six, speaking of making hay, master at least four spokes, keeping your center of influence as your foundation, but expanding into other sources of business. New construction is a great spoke to add your third year. You always have to have that foundation of your center of influence and your past clients 
But as we talked about in year one and year two, you also have to be very proactive talking with, making contact, conversation with a decision-making adult about real estate, with categories who are most likely to actually list. Those are for sale by owners. Those are expired. Those are probate. But make sure that you're working all of these at this point, because by year three, you are having those skills pay off for you. So spokes are our analogy, which is copywritten, by the way, as mm-hmm. copywritten analogy with regards to spokes in the wheel or sources of business. Um, we talk about that uh, really extensively in the first level of Premier Coaching. You can join Premier Coaching right now. The links are in the bio. The links are everywhere. But definitely join Premier Coaching. And when you do, download the Real Estate Treasure Map. The Real Estate Treasure Map is what goes into a great, it's like 80 pages, but it's a fill-in-the-blank business plan. It explains essentially the spokes that you should be putting on your wheel and which order you should be putting them mm-hmm. on. So definitely do that when you join Premier Coaching. Next point, Julie. Next point, number seven. Now may be the time to hire a full-time assistant. Make that assistant a profit center through prospecting their center of influence and or having them do broker price opinions. They've got to be a rower, not just a writer. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, so what that means is if you are going to now have that expenditure, even if it's a part-timer that you are paying with regards to not, you know, different than a transaction coordinator that gets paid when you have a closing. If you've got a full-time assistant, you are paying them weekly to do a job. They also have to be part of your team with lead generation. They're talking to their past clients, their center, I'm sorry, your past clients, centers of influence, people they know, they're referring to you, and broker price opinions can also be a great profit center. That's basically an elaborate uh, CMA. So rower, not a writer. You have, a lot of you have got this in your head that you're supposed to have, you know, people that do transactions in your teams and then people that service the transactions. The problem with the people that service the transactions is their fixed cost. So those are the riders. So those are the people that are sitting in the boat that are like, okay, you guys go and you row. And the rowers mm-hmm. are the salespeople. The rowers are the ones that are doing all the real work. You need to make everybody a rower. So if you got riders in your boat right now, first of all, frankly, you may not even need them anymore and you might want to toss them out because there is amazing AI that's coming around the bend, which is going to make it so a lot of these sort of transaction coordination types and these marketing types and all the rest of it, they're going to be easily replaced with AI. We're going to be talking about that extensively on future podcasts. But do not allow any riders in your boat in a market like this. You do not want a bunch of fixed costs. Fixed cost is dead weight. Dead weight is something you're going to have to end up lugging around and paying for. And yeah, so just keep that in mind. They need to be an asset more than a liability. Yep. Okay, so the assistant's main job is to do everything not on this list. Then we're going to wrap in a second. Proactive lead generation. This is your list, not theirs. You do the proactive lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. They can prepare your pre-listing packages, confirm your appointments, set up showings. They do everything that is not on your dollar productive list. That makes you more efficient makes them more of a rower. That is the bottom line. If you want to be wildly successful in real estate, get really good at just those few things. Julie throws furiously fast lead follow-up in there personally. Well, I don't, because if you botch that, you know, that's I not good. I personally don't think it should be in there, and I'll give you guys both sides of it. So proactive lead generation. We don't agree on everything, but that's okay. okay. Proactive lead generation, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. Now, if you're doing a good job at proactive lead generating, you're going directly to pre-qualifying, which is going directly to you setting an appointment. That's true, ideally. Which means you're going directly to then after, after that appointment, presenting, negotiating, and closing, right? You shouldn't be doing, your goal should not to be proactively lead generate and then follow up until the cows come home. Your goal should be proactively lead generating, 
pre-qualifying, setting that appointment. And then if for some reason you don't actually set the appointment, then you furiously fast lead follow up. But do not make the mistake of institutionalizing into your thinking that your goal is not to set appointments when you're making contacts. I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with your take on that. My my stance on the furiously fast lead follow-up is specific to the category of you have a lead that is calling on your sign. It's an open house lead, whatever. You haven't had that initial contact. And if you don't call them back immediately, furiously fast lead follow-up, it's no longer a lead. That's all I'm saying. I agree. And those things, that should be not in the sequence. You should put that as last. Yeah. So if you fine. fail at setting the appointment, basically, then you obviously have to do a lead follow-up. But here's what matters. Those are the activities that you have to be really good at. Those are the last activities you ever want to delegate. Oh, Tim, what are you talking about? I don't want to do my own pre-qualifying. That's the reason you don't have any really good leads. Oh, Tim, I don't want to be proactively lead generating. That's the reason you have no profit because you're spending all of your money on paid lead generation. You guys get it? I'm going to hire a VA. They can do it for me. Can you imagine walking into a doctor that's going to do a procedure (laughs) on your dog and the dog base in the the dog? The the doctor essentially is telling you all the things he's going to delegate and he's not even going to be any part of your transaction. Something is wrong with the real estate industry that agents think their number one job is to delegate. And you should be delegating the mundane tasks, but proactive lead generation, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing, and then lead follow-up, those are not the mundane activities. Those are the money activities. Those are things that get you paid. Do not delegate those things because I promise you, whoever you delegate them to will not be nearly as good as you. And if you're not good at those things, guess what your job is going to be? <laughs> get really exactly. good at those things. And if you never get good at branding and video making and the but, 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 and all the other stuff that people are trying to pressure you to get good at, who cares? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay because if you know how to proactively lead generate, you will never have to make a YouTube video. I got good news for you. If you want to not have to basically throw your hat in the ring of the social media wannabe influencer types who always want to be, fam- uh, you know, who want to be famous more than they want to be rich, well, here's a little thought for you: get good at the real work of real estate. Well, I have to say, I am so proud of my elite coaching clients who are really proactive right now. So I'll give you a couple of examples of the difference that you illustrate, right? So there are agents out there that are, you know, I got to do another video. I got to do a video a day. I got to learn how to do this Instagram, this TikTok. I've got to, you know, I got to do all that because I'm not doing enough of that. I, I must not be doing enough because I don't have enough leads versus some of our coaching clients who are taking their buyers who are ready to rumble, getting their very specific needs and doing the exact things that we coach on how to find inventory other than or in addition to your MLS. For example, my door knockers who find out, okay, Tim, you want to be in XYZ neighborhood. It's got to be this school district and it has to be at least 2,000 square feet with a two-car garage. All right, tell me the six streets that are your favorite streets. And by the way, I'm not going to do this for you unless you are absolutely pre-qualified. I'm sorry, you are pre-approved, loan committed, or all cash. You are? Okay, great. So I'm going to go out this afternoon And I'm going to talk to, make contact with people in your exact six streets that you desire. And I'm going to find the next person for you to buy. And you know what? They do it nearly every time. And you know what they do? Lather, rinse, repeat. That person who's selling their house to their buyer in a non-competitive, non-knockdown, drag-out situation, who they now control the entire transaction. Now, guess what? That's their next client. They're going from deal to deal to deal. They are thinking big and they're living small. They're doing the real work of real estate and they're making all the money. They're like Navy SEALs. It's amazing. I'm going to share with you a story. I have to be very careful what I say, but I'm going to share a story. I Yesterday, I got a text from someone who's in our EXP Realty group. Mm -hmm. And he he had, uh, had someone convince him 
mm-hmm. uh, that he needed to learn how to be uh, really famous on YouTube. Oh boy. And then he'd signed up for someone's class. Mm-hmm. And amongst other things, this person was teaching him how to be famous on YouTube. He showed me a video. He, he screenshotted uh, with his iPhone the videos that he was supposed to learn in order to know how to basically make YouTube videos. Listeners, I'm not exaggerating. There are almost 70 videos on how to make YouTube videos. And the shortest one was like 11 minutes, right? And most of them are around 30 minutes. So he was supposed to, he thought, learn how to be a YouTube influencer. And he was somehow supposed to absorb all that information so that all of a sudden, this is before he makes his first damn video. To which I asked him, well, what's your goal from doing all these videos? What's your goal from doing all this marketing and branding? What's your goal from basically doing all the direct mail? What's your goal from making the fancy website? What's your goal, listeners, for doing any of that stuff? And, well, I was told, well, I'm not really. Okay, what's your goal? Tell me. What are, you, what, is, what are you trying to bring? Or I'll use a you know, woo-woo word. What are you trying to attract to you? Well, I want to attract leads. Okay, that makes sense. What kind of leads do you want to attract? Well, ideally, I want to attract listing leads. Okay, so you're going to hopefully... <laughs> absorb all this content. And then how many videos are you supposed to make? Well, he's suggesting that we make something like 25 or 30 videos in the first 60 days. Okay. Now how much time is that going to take? Guys, hundreds of hours just to basically make videos that are completely speculative. I said, so your goal uh, is to become a YouTube influencer, which is going to take you an extraordinary amount of time. So hopefully no guarantees, but hopefully your video is going to result in you finding a listing lead. Is that right? Yeah. And then the idea is that the listing, the videos will then be creating a steady stream of, you know, listing leads for me and I won't have to ever proactively lead generate. They'll just and turn up for you. They'll just turn up. Okay. So I, how do you, first of all, I said, how do you know that that's true? What you just said, what proof do you have? Well, no, so-and-so said it. They had testimonials for it. Mm-hmm. Have you validated it? How many other agents are your videos having to, how many other agent videos are your, let's just set aside the oversaturation of the agent videos on YouTube. Let's forget about, forget that for a second. This is what I said to him and I'll call him Bob. I I said, I said, Bob, so just so that I'm clear, your goal from doing all this extraordinary amount of effort in listeners, I promise you it was more work than any of you ever done in your lives just to basically get through all these damn videos. I mean, videos. I think that's pretty much more hours than it takes to get a license. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, except in maybe Texas, right? Yeah. And so in, in, in order for you, to, because you want to generate a listing lead. And he goes, yes, that's right. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what. And I did trick him, but that's okay. I like doing that. I said, let's go to your MLS right now. I'm going to show you where there's, I'm going to guess at least 20 listing leads waiting for you. He sort of probably knew what I was doing, but he played mm-hmm. along anyway. He went to his MLS and I said, go back six months and I want you to put in the entire MLS, I want you to put expired listings, withdrawn listings temporarily off the markets, but mostly expireds and withdrawns. I want you to tell me how there were, how many there were. There are like 280. And now I want you to think about what I just said. So Bob was going to do all this crap in order to hopefully generate a listing lead. And there right in front of them were 280 free listing leads. Why do you guys want to make it so damn complicated? Why do you want to create these massive walls that you have to figure out how, these mountains that you have to figure out somehow to climb before you're allowed to give your, before you're going to award yourself the opportunity to be successful? Why don't you instead go directly to the people that have their hands in their air and say, yes, I want to sell a house. Do you guys get the asininity of it? Do you understand how even thinking that that's the path to go down makes no sense if your goal is to make money and help people? I want you to think about that. 
come up with an argument. Oh, here's the argument against it because I know what these marketers will say. They're going to say, but Tim, that means every single day, if you're a proactive lead generator, you have to <gasps> prospect. You're going to have to actually do the real work of real estate and go out there proactively every single day and generate your own listing lead. To which I'm going to say, that is a very scalable skill, which by the way, is a hell of a lot easier than having to make a bunch of damn YouTube videos or anything else. And here's the other thing. And listen, please listeners to what I'm telling you. The whole YouTube game, the whole social media game, all that stuff is going to be eviscerated over the next 90 to 120 days because of AI. If you think, like for example, all of you are spending all this time to learn how to make TikTok videos and YouTube videos and Instagram videos, and you think that's going to somehow cause the world to rain leads down on you, every agent and their mother is going to be making videos because AI is going to be able to make videos for people uh, instantaneously. You're going to be able to go to these AI apps that are being, I've studied the snot out of this, so I, I speak the truth where you're going to be able to, and some of you should be excited about this because, you know, frankly, then I'll be telling you to make videos because it'll take you about 30 seconds to make one video and the AI will do it for you. That's basically the punchline. Yes. That's what's going to happen. AI will be making these videos for you. And at that point, if you want to make a tsunami of videos, go for it. But it, understand what it is. It's purely speculative. It's as speculative as doing direct mail or doing geographic farming. You're hoping you're going to send out 500 cards. You might get three or four leads. We have zero control over it. Okay, so even if it has, even if you get a thousand views, do you even know who those people are? Do you have any reason to believe that any of them even owns a house? They may or may not. Right? Yet you call those 280 from the list. 100% of them have a house to sell, and we're willing to list it. You have evidence of this. I don't even understand why people argue with this logic, honestly. I mean, honestly. well, I, I've heard the argument that, well, if I make one video, it lives forever and I can reach thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, but who are those thousands of people? Well, I, I like low numbers, low ratios. 200 people. Let's say you only contact 20 of them and you take 10 listings. 10 listings times the average commission right now is over $100,000. But that's it's even that's even a lie because the, not what you said about the numbers, but the one video, yes, it will hypothetically live forever, but who cares? Right. There, there's, thousands of, there's thousands of videos that are getting published every single day that are going to compete with one, your one video. Mm -hmm. You won't be able to ever stop making content. Really high-level content guys are making videos constantly. They're working way harder than agents that are proactively lead generating, building up their listing inventory. Way. There's no question about it. The marketing and advertising stuff, and we've said this infinitesimally on this podcast. I think I used that word wrong. But the where it does make sense is if you're selling a product and you have to go out and basically you know find the customer. You don't have to do that because you have access to ready, willing, and able sellers. You don't have to go looking for them. You can just get lists of who they are and you can call them. I promise you guys, if Ford could get a list of every single person in your community that wanted to buy another uh, a new F-150, for sure, I want to buy a new F-150, Ford would pay an enormous amount of money for those people. If you knew who was going to, if you're a local restaurant and you had a list of people real time who are thinking, I'm ready to have a steak, I want to go out and have a, you know, whatever, and you knew instantly who those people were, that would be a, a valuable, uh, but they don't. They have to market. They have to advertise. They have to create, you know, brand awareness. They have to do all these things. You don't because you can get lists of people right now who want to sell their home. Do you guys get the difference? The marketing and advertising does make sense in some industries, selling cars, other things, but it doesn't make sense as to the same level when you have available lists of people that you can just be calling. And guys, this is something you're going to have to emotionally move past 
and you just have to accept it because it's the truth. If you want to have ever-increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, I have news for you. It's not that difficult. You just have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. And remember, your highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to other people. If you stay in alignment with those two thoughts, everything after that becomes easy because you now have a filter to run things through. And now you have a set of rules in which you can make decisions by. And when these marketing and branding people come knocking on your door, virtually or otherwise, you will be able to say no, and with confidence, because I can generate my own leads. That's what we teach you to do in Premier Coaching. Now, again, I want to be very clear. If you want to do the marketing and the branding and the team building and all these other things, fine, great. Julie and I do a ton of uh, social media. And some of you found us from social media. But again, I don't have a list of agents out there who want to buy coaching, so we have to do marketing. You guys get it? Different. Now, uh, do it after you've learned how to proactively lead generate. Do the marketing, the branding, and all the rest of it after you have consistent cash flow. And then when you want to be more speculative, you can afford to be. Because if you, you know, basically make a bad bet on something, it won't take you under. And you will always have consistent cash flow because you've learned how to be a, an agent who knows how to consistently generate listing leads. Now you have consistent cash flow. Now you have consistent ability to save money. Now you have a consistent high quality of life. You guys get the word there, consistency. That comes from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I'm not, Julie and I are not, our coaches will never lie to you about that. There is no easy button. People that are trying to sell you easy buttons in any form are snake oil salesmen. They're charlatans. They've been with us for, you know, since the dawn of humanity and they always will be. Some of them don't know that they are, you know, they don't. I, maybe I'm being overly generous. Most of them do though. They know what they're, they know what they're selling is snake oil. You have to be smart enough to trust your intuition and accept the fact that on the other side of long periods of time of doing real work in real estate, of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level is everything you want in life. And it gets easier. It really truly does because you built momentum. You built momentum with the skill set. You built momentum with the discipline. You built momentum with, frankly, the wealth building vehicles you've created for yourself. Guys, please take this seriously. You can become more successful now, regardless of your age, regardless of your education level, regardless of where you live. None of it really matters. You can become more successful now because of this market, because so many agents are entering into this transitional market, which is going to be a long period of time, by the way, five, 10 years, with no skill set and following the wrong leaders. That is what happens in a market change like this. So tune into the frequency of being of service to other people. There's some woo-woo for you. And accept the fact that this is your market because of this market. Guys, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>